Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship regression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of Tiger Pops. And today, I'm joined by Brianna and Laura. So, guys, say hi. Hello, this is Laura Pruitt. Um, I live in Arizona. I um, am married. I have two cats. I own a, a music therapy company uh, called A Sound Agency, which provides music therapy services and music lessons for the Phoenix metro area. And I am obsessed with Midnight Poppy Land. Yeah, I feel like we're, we're always in an A, a group. We're like, whatever we say about ourselves, and then we say, I am an addict, you know, to Midnight Poppy Land. Yes. <laughs> Um, hi, I'm Brianna. Um, I'm 29. I live in Indiana. I'm a massage therapist and I am married. And I have a seven-year-old daughter and I've been on the show before. So it's super fun to get to be on again. Yeah. And let me actually ask you guys, how did you find Midnight Poppy Land? This is Lori here. Um, I uh, saw it on a Facebook ad and um, from there downloaded Webtoons. Once I got through all of the episodes I could on the Facebook ad and haven't looked back since. Mm -hmm. Do you fast pass? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Very little self-control because the story is so good. Yeah. I decided right away. I was like 50 cents an episode. I totally worth it for my, my pleasure and mental health and everything. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I actually have downloaded the webtoon app like, purely to read Laura Olympus. And then um, it went on hiatus. And I was like, I, and I think I've seen some recommendations for other apps. Um, and I read Astura's Bride first. And so I was like, wow, this is really good. And I see that, you know, the same creator has other um, tunes. So I uh, started reading Midnight Popular and I'm obsessed with it. And I can't, I wish I could remember what episode I came in on, but I've, I've read it and reread it so many times that I, I don't remember where I started. <laughs> Same. Right. I'm relatively new. I, I discovered it just like, I think right when COVID and the like quarantine started. So like back in March. Yeah, I think I'm similar. I have to see what I sent Lily a message um, when I first started reading it. So I actually can check. Let me go. I'm looking at my messages now. Um, okay, I see it's actually not letting me load earlier messages. But yeah, I think whatever. I think it's like also that time. So anyway, so let's get into episode 22. So in last episode, we ended off with Poppy getting into a cab to trail Mr. Lamb fearlessly wherever he's going. And at this point, you know, you see it's become dark outside. And she's persistent. She's like, can you, they made a turn up up ahead. Can you drive a little faster? And he's like, sorry, ma'am, I got a, the cabbie. I got to keep within the company rules with speed limit. And, you know, Poppy is just like, she really is focused on, on getting to Mr. Lamb, disregarding even physical safety. And, and the, you know, the cabbie notices that he's like, you're dedicated to your job. And this is the front that she provided. I hope you get your business documents to your boss on time. 
<laughs> so I was just like, oh, yes, I'll try my best. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, and to yeah, to get the cabbie to drive. Um, so I just want to say that these panels of Non City at Night are so pretty. Yeah. It just is, yeah. is really lovely to look at. Right. And everything, you know, I think that the coloring always sets, sets the mood. So now everything is blue toned, which is a little bit more ominous. And, you know, it's dark and nighttime and things can happen at night, they can happen during the day. So it's setting the, the mood for this episode, especially when we see where she is, which we're going to see in a minute. So he said, you know, she asked him, she's trying to be friendly, which is, you know, a typical poppy move where she's social and gregarious. And she said, just the end of your shift. <clears throat> and he says, no, I usually drive at night. But today I took time with my day job to catch the biggest game of the year. And if you'll remember, Jacob actually mentioned that he was going to the match as well. And, but then of course, you know, the sports cab driver tells us this tragic story. He left the ticket in his coat and it went in the laundry pile and basically his ticket got washed into two tiny pieces. I thought it was funny that um, Lily didn't bother specifying what sport it was or like, there's no specific sport, no specific team names. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Just like, oh, it doesn't really matter. It's just the big game. <laughs> right. She has things that she cares about the details on and the things that she doesn't. I think she's mentioned that she doesn't particularly care about the car details. Mm -hmm. And then I think she's also mentioned that um, the, the like some of the fashion stuff, she also does not necessarily like care too much about and so I think there's like and then I guess sports must be on that list too where you're like <laughs> yes it's not advice but <laughs> it's not it's nowhere near the, the hierarchy on it's nowhere near the top of the hierarchy mm -hmm. on important details. Right. I think also people, you know, people don't notice what they don't know anything about. Um, so I can't really like I don't I don't know sports, I don't know cars either. So it's like and also I think Lily specifically wants to keep Naren a little removed. She she does talk about this. She makes a whole post on Patreon about this. She wants to keep Naren a little removed from um, the rest of reality and its uh, its own place. And it isn't doesn't necessarily correlate to anywhere on planet Earth. So by keeping it vague, it allows it to be more open. That makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so you know, Papa like commiserates. She's kind of not so focused on the cabbie you can tell because she's looking outside with this nervous expression on her face but even while she's not focused on the cabbie she still manages to respond to what he says you know she has common courtesy and and a sensitivity to others and she's like oof that stinks and he's like you don't say i almost tore the house down but that's life for you can't stay mad at myself forever can i and you know that already is a is a, a pretty wise line in coming from the cabbie it's like a typical um characterization you know the wise cabbie sits in the cab sees all kinds of people sees all kinds of places and I actually drove for Uber and Lyft, and I still do occasionally. And one of the reasons is I honestly love seeing people from all over. You see people from all walks of life, the poorest to the richest, everywhere places. So, but, you know, this cabbie already seems to us to have some life wisdom. Yeah, helps um, give him depth. Yeah, and, you know, he'll definitely, he'll, he's going to be important in this episode. Now... You can see why Poppy is looking nervously out the window because you see outside some guys, and again, we're going to be judging people by their clothing, right? Just like Tora doesn't like us to do. But these guys look a little bit punky. The tattoos, you know, the, the clothing, the hairstyles. 
And, you know, he's saying, meanwhile, the driver's saying that he's, um, you know, he came to drive the peak uh, drive now so he can get the peak hour incentive. And, you know, Poppy's just really nervous looking out the window, I see. And just, you know, you see these guys looking at her like, what is she doing here? Why is this woman in business clothing at a place in this area? Yeah, and the um, Lily like makes a point of zooming in on them. Um, and so I was like, are they the same three like punks from the police station in episode four? They're not. I double checked. But um, I guess the zoom in is just to like kind of highlight that Poppy feels really out of place and maybe a little worried or threatened or something. Yeah, definitely. The fact that they're all looking at her means that she doesn't fit in there. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then the cabbie talks to us about something nicer to his life uh, and about his beer. And she said that the missus is out with her friends. She's been looking forward to this all week. I'm going to kick back with a beer or maybe two. And, you know, she, he, the cabbie's like, these days they call it alone time. Mr. says it's good for marriage. Couple keeps the spark alive, which is very nice. You know, um, totally. we're, we're married and we realized you can't spend every second with each other because we just start hating each other. <laughs> And it's kind of like this, um, this contrast between, you know, Poppy and Tora in like the beginning of their relationship and everybody in the beginning of their relationship is obsessed with the other person. I mean, not everybody, but like a lot of people tend to fall in love and they're just, you know, they have to spend, they're inseparable, they have to spend every moment together. And then after you're married for some time, you're like, okay, uh, we need our alone time that we can come together again and still like each other. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way. That makes sense, comparing it to where Tora and Poppy are in their relationship. Um, I thought it was a little strange that the cabbie was talking about this. I was like, is this the first time he's heard about the idea of alone time? <laughs> he's probably like my husband. Like, my husband does not really socialize a whole heck of a lot. And we've been married for 10 years. And I feel like he's still, like, <laughs> always with me. And he's always like, it's kind of like a like a role reversal. He's always like, "Let's cuddle, let's hang out." Like, and I'm like, "Go away!" <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> and I think you know we find out later he's a librarian, so he's he obviously must be like a sensitive type. So I think it's funny that she had to say like it keeps the spark alive because I think he she almost had to like sell him on the idea. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to go to the game, and I'm going to go with my girlfriends. We're going to have our own separate little thing, and then it'll be nice and sparky later. I like that. And he's like, I'm not convinced. That's good. So anyway, we see now why she is nervous and why Poppy to uh, Tora told her not to go alone. Um, she is in Arrow Street. Well, he couldn't have known, I guess, that, she, that Mr. Lamb was going to head to Arrow Street, but he just wanted her to be safe. But anyway, she's in Arrow Street, and the very sign of Arrow Street it's a very arresting um, panel because it's blue, but it's also, you know, you start having these red elements and red is always a symbol of danger. Well, I, in different cultures it's different, but I think that you know, it tends us to understand that red is a symbol of danger here. And the Airy Street sign is streaked with blood, which is how did blood get far up there, right? So again, just symbolizing the violence. And there's graffiti, of course, on the buildings as well. So just this one image, we get this very scary shot of what Aris Street is. Mm -hmm. um, one of the, I was looking through the comments um, of this episode 
on Webtoon and also on Patreon. And there were some people who um, made the connection that like RS Street, it kind of looks like the word arrest if you like squish it together almost. I was like, oh, maybe that's a little bit of why that name is chosen. But then um, someone else said that Eris uh, is the god of war. So maybe that's why the district was was named Eris Street. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very very likely. Especially given that I know um, Lily said she was a fan of Lauren Olympus, so she's familiar with the Greek myths. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, at this point, Poppy is just like, her head is out the window and she's clearly anxious. And, you know, there's a couple panels where she's looking at all the people. There is there are some people outside of the bar and, you know, some guy opening up a suit, possibly in, in legal exchange. And then she asks the cabbie, she's like, is this place Aris Street? And he's like, yeah, but we're only at the fringe of the district. And then, you know, you see, again, uh, a shot of, you see, it's a, it's a bar and there's, again, some garbage outside and there's more graffiti out there. And this whole scene is just really intimidating for Poppy, especially given that she comes from the countryside and probably doesn't even have experience with the city, period. So like a more seedy part of the city is just especially scary for her. And more of that um, like pinkish red hue as well, kind of the the lighting, getting the ominous glow. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. And there's, you know, you just see more shots of like, also the streets are filled with like garbage, which, you know, is a sign of like mm-hmm. a, an unkept neighborhood uh, where people are not able to keep up with it or people don't care about their, their the neighborhood and, the, and its appearance. So anyway, the cabbie says, I'll have to drive, drop her off here because there's this, um, there's this blockade where you can't go and it's a limited access area. He doesn't want to miss his incentive, right? It's like for Uber and Lyft, right? There's incentives for different time times and stuff like that. So um, she's like, oh, you know, because he's like, oh, this is a limited access area. Poppy's like, oh, it's nothing shady. Air operations are pretty legal and legitimate, which is, of course, exactly what you would say to make someone trust you. <laughs> he even says, like, you don't have to explain like you can tell his face he's like uh-huh like not convinced right but he's just like up here i'm just dropping you off like whatever it is you're doing doesn't matter yeah he's- yeah that seem a little like a little nervous he has a little side eye glance and a little sweat mark but he doesn't also want to hear anything about it like don't don't get me involved mm-hmm yeah, and again, like, he, he characterizes the city a bit more. He says, even if it's illegal, it's nothing new in this city. Mm-hmm. So now she's like, um, <clears throat> how do I get to Mr. Lamb or, or my boss, right? Which is, she's still, like, too nervous to get out of the car, really. And the cabbie's like, well, you can probably still enter the premise. Uh, looks like they're heading into some nightclub, right? You see Mr. Lamb. He looks so out of place. I mean, he's much older than everyone else there. And I don't know what is up with him. I don't know why he's heading with these people. He's so not like smart or like in terms of life skills what is he thinking yeah and this particular panel um i was intrigued by the lighting um it has like that pinkish white glow in the bottom left corner and then like the blue haze on the right it's like really focusing in on the three walking into the building 
but also maybe kind of like showing that Mr. Lamb has tunnel vision a little mm -hmm. bit. Like he's not really thinking a whole, like not thinking very clearly. Yeah, that's very, I love that. I think you're right. Maybe not thinking very clearly either because she's clearly nervous, but she's still doing something that seems unwise. Right, she's being reckless, right? She's so persistent and committed to getting Mr. Lamb for her proposal <laughs> that, that she's also willing to endanger herself. Yeah, and anywho, um, he says, well, I assumed you've had someone to get you here, but it's real dangerous if you're going in alone. And, you know, there's a shot of, again, a couple of guys there with the, uh, like, the hinting that they're the kind of people who would cause her harm. This area is off limits to the cops, if you know what I mean. So if you get in any trouble, you better pray that um, you don't. And then he's like, you know, on second thought, maybe I should just take you back, which is is nice, right? You know, he's concerned for her safety. Yeah, it's sweet. And she kind of like, she like freaks out, like, no, please. Like, uh, it's funny that she has to like beg him and it's like, honey, just get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> this I thought was, uh, it made me chuckle reading it because it just shows like Poppy's so sincere all the time um and she just like yells her thoughts when she's filled with emotion um back in episode 14 um when tora read her read her texts when she was outside she was just she yelled outside when she was out by herself out in public red <laughs> and then when tora responded when he texted back she said no way so like no matter where she is <laughs> if she's just like really filled with emotion she just yells her thoughts out it's kind of endearing yeah, and yeah, again, like, like and it's like it's so it's so important to her that she gets to Mister Lamb. It's something, and I think that's like in a really important characterization of Poppy. She's a really her success at work really really matters to her. You know, she moved from the countryside and she wants to prove that she can make it in the big city mm -hmm. and as a person. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, he says, please don't yell in my ear. Either get off or I'll give you my back to the city, but you got to decide now. And she's looking a little anxious and she looks outside. But then she decides, she shows him something on her phone and she says, how about this instead? And he's like looking shocked. And we wonder, what did she show him? So what were your thoughts when you, when you saw that? What did you think she showed him? I had no idea. I didn't either, but his face, he looks really surprised. And so I was like, what could it be? What could she possibly offer him? Because he made a pretty reasonable ultimatum, like either get out or I'll take you back. Um, so like, what does she have <laughs> that could make him, that could persuade him to have a third option? I, I really didn't know either. Yeah, my first thought was honestly, like maybe she showed him like a lewd picture of herself as like a bribe. But we probably would do that. But that was my first thought. <laughs> anyway, we'll find out later what she does show him. But whatever it was, it convinced him to help her out. Because the next panel we see, a couple of guys are outside looking at, at the cabbie, who is now standing outside with his arms crossed, trying to look intimidating. And the guys are like, the, the heiress guys are, who are younger than him, who's this bruiser? You guys seen him before? Probably an old timer turned freelance. He looks like a real hard ass. I'm not in the mood. Let's go. So he's there to look intimidating. And apparently he's succeeding, which 
I don't know. Do you, do you think he looks intimidating, guys? Uh, I mean, I guess he's tall and kind of broad. <laughs> he is really trying to make, like his facial expression to be intimidating. I probably wouldn't mess with him, but I'm also not really one to approach people anyway. <laughs> I'm also curious, like, like, what is it that she's doing? You know what I mean? Like, I get that Aries Street's dangerous. Um, and I guess, like, she's a girl, so, like, maybe they would have messed with her. But I can see where, like, for him, it's like, like, they're just walking by. Like, why would they start trouble for no reason? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it could be that that's the reputation Air Street has of people starting trouble for no reason. And, and honestly, I think that for people who are in pain, they would lash out at people just to get to offload that pain off of them. So, you know, presumably everyone who's in Air Street has some kind of history that makes them act this way. And I wouldn't be surprised if people start out with people who aren't even related to them because they need to get something off their chest. So anger you know, raid. He does look a little out of place though, just standing there. Like, is he guarding something or is he just waiting for somebody? It's just, it is a little strange. Yeah. Like you would think it would be almost like less conspicuous for him to like, instead of standing there looking like I'm, I'm guarding someone to just be like, like, Oh, I'm on my phone. Like I'm just standing here waiting for somebody. And then if somebody asks like, Hey, like, who are you? What are you doing here? Then he was like, because obviously she's already prepped him to use Tora as the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Like, so he could just be like, you know, absentmindedly pretending to be on his phone and be like, no, nah, I'm just waiting for Tora. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people will probably be like, oh, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're not, they, they may not be the most uh, proficient at this espionage game. So, but yeah, Poppy behind yeah. him is like, you're doing great, mister. And meanwhile, he's like looking nervously back. He's sweating bullets. And she's like, just try to keep them away while I try to get a hold of my boss. Remember, if you make eye contact, eye contact, keep it firm and short. And you see how scared the, this guy is. He's like, ah, I seems to be working. I'm this close to shitting my pants. Uh, I may look like this, but I'm just a librarian during the day. <laughs> Did I tell you that? She's like, yeah, only 20 times in the last 10 minutes. So it must have taken her 10 minutes to convince him to actually do this. <laughs> He's like, I'm a librarian. I'm a librarian. I'm a librarian. I'm a librarian. Pop's <laughs> persuasive. You know, she manages um, to, again, use her cutesiness and her femininity and her age to get people to do things for her. This is a cabbie, right? Why? He doesn't know her from a hole in the wall, but he's endangering himself to help her. She's not paying him for this. Well, actually, we'll find out. But anyway, (laughs) so, and then she tells him, like you said, she's like, if someone asks, tell them you were sent by Tora from the Baltimore organization, show them the business card. If that fails, we make a run for the car. (laughs) <laughs> and then Cabby's like, I hate to disappoint you, but we're not in an action film here. You sound more excited about this whole thing than you should be. <laughs> and that's probably her adrenaline. Like, she's just uh, fight or flight mode. Yeah, and I think that's also an element of, like, he's, he's older than her and he's more mature. Younger people tend to, they do tend to like danger because it's exciting. But he's at a stage in his life where he's like, I don't want danger. I just want to come home to my kids. You know, the cabbie, yeah. Older people are definitely more um, more cautious with their life than younger people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tor- uh, not Tora, Poppy um, knows, definitely knows that Tora is a suspicious character if she's using his name in this district and his company name as a protection. <laughs> she's really counting on him being an intimidation factor in this area. 
Yeah, it's a good point that she realizes that. She's not quite sure what he does, but she knows he's someone scary. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she said, oops, someone's coming, hide. And it's these, you know, just guys walking by again. And she, the guy's like, man, this Torah person better be a big deal around here on my honor. She's like, well, you got the big part right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, she's trying to reach Mr. Lamb, and he's not picking up his phone. And she's thinking to herself, sorry, I wish I could tell you what's really going on, but I don't want to get you more involved than we already are. So she doesn't want to tell him that she's worried about Mr. Lamb going off with these two people. And, you know, he's sweating. She's trying to get in touch with him. And then, you know, while he's shaking, he's like, okay, that should be the last of them. So now the area is clear. You should go. And he's like, look, I'm not going to put my nose in your business, whatever it is, but someone better come get you soon because I really got to go now. And she's like, don't worry, I'll leave as soon as my boss gets back to me. Thanks so much for your help. And then he says, before I forget, here's your boyfriend's card. Better keep it safe or, you know, better yet, call him to get you. And of course, not these responses. Oh, yeah. Um, No, he's not my boyfriend. Why protest? No, no, no. A little bit of stuttering. Um, I just wanted to uh, highlight, going back a few panels, the, the lighting changes a little bit. When the area cleared, mm-hmm. looks like they've cleared the area. You should be safe here for now. Um, and it looks like it's getting closer to dawn. It's like, I don't know if that's um, like just a bunch of lights in this area. So it's not super dark. Or if it's Lily hinting that like it's safer now because it's it feels safer because it's lighter with not, with not any anybody around. Right. I don't think it's dawn yet because... Um... They just, you know, when she got into the cab, it was, it was still like evening, not even, you know, it was down. yellow. And then now it's dark. So I think if anything, it's dusk, like the sun has just set. Oh, I mean, I don't think Air Street is so far away from, you know, Naren that it takes them long to get there. But anyway. Um, right. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right that she like, she nervously denies that he's her boyfriend, right? The whole concept makes her nervous, which to me just shows that she has some feelings for him and you know if it, if it didn't matter to her she'd be like i oh, know he's not my boyfriend but she gets nervous when he says that and i think that you know this is an indication that she feels something for him hmm. anyway he said he says you don't have to thank me and now we see what she showed him on her phone we flash back she says my friend is at the match that you missed today and if you help me out i'll mail the video footage to you and, you know, it's a picture of Jacob at the game, waited all year. And now I'm here at the beginning with a brand new DSLR camera. So excited. So, <laughs> so, you know, she's like, I'm doing this for the video footage of the game that your friend would have. And, you know, I got to say, you're pretty good at this stuff. And she says, thank you. You know, he's a, he's a nice, caring, and concerned older man. Don't forget to me. I'll leave the video. Leave it to me. And she says goodbye while she's sweating. She's nervous, but she's there. Yeah, and the the lighting here again gets really dark. So I, um, it was really dark at the beginning of the episode, outside the night night sky, and then it got light when people left, and then it got dark again. So I'm wondering if that's Lily hinting like Poppy's emotional state, like she feels a little bit more worried or more anxious about um, being left alone. Mm-hmm. The cabbie's leaving, and also the cabbie, like I am confused about why he would do this for video game or not the video game but the video footage of the game when it's probably he couldn't tell him yeah it was like on the, yeah he could see it on tv as a replay he could and how does he 
why does he trust Poppy's friend is going to share the video footage with him? There's a lot for what seems like a little, but he's a sweet guy. So thanks, Cabby. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a good point, but maybe sometimes not everything holds up quite super well <laughs> in the plot. <laughs> okay. So anyway, she is taking these steps forward. She's wearing, you know, her professional heels, clack, clack, totally out of place here, right? You can't run in heels. It makes a lot of noise. It draws attention to her. Just totally inappropriate for this situation. And But she's just rushing into it blindly. That's, that's who Poppy is. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. And then the next panel, um, it seems like her hair is coming undone just a little bit. Um, I mean, it's a really great picture and it shows that like you can see the movement of her hair and stuff. It's not just like a, a static still. I don't know. I think it's a really great shot of Poppy looking up nervously. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like this um, hairpin is going to end up meaning something because we see it twice. Mm -hmm. um, you see like this big beacon of it right here. It's a beautiful hairpin and it's like the center of the picture and it's like really detailed and then you know again we see her taking it out later and so I feel like you know when you see two pieces from Lily where she she's like look at this hair hair piece I almost am like you know this must mean something but I, I don't know if it came, if this maybe came from Aerdeen or if she, it was something that maybe she already had. Yeah, if we look, um, we're kind of jumping ahead, but you'll see a little later, it looks like it is something that she had, like that she kept in a special box. This is jumping all the way ahead. But it mm -hmm. does, yeah, it looks like it's one of her things. And it seems pretty important. It also seems to echo the Baltimore crest, right? You see the, the club miracle that has the Baltimore crest, you know, um, painted behind it in big letters. You know, this is a this is Baltimore territory, apparently. And it does echo or contrast maybe if you want to the crest and i think that that will be significant mm -hmm, the same like swirling motion in a circle mm -hmm. yeah yeah where'd you get this from what is what is its meaning mm -hmm. yeah. and the, the the club is called miracle which I, I think there's a few ways we can look at this i think that one of them is you know the fact that this clan controlled place is called miracle it's a little bit ironic you know like a miracle is supposed to be a positive thing and something optimistic that happens and you know meanwhile like the clan is associated with a lot of very pessimistic things um but i think also maybe it could hint you know that there, a miracle is about to happen with poppy here or you know getting out is a miracle maybe the whole story being you know a miracle tori and poppy coming together um is a miracle i think that i don't know what do you think of, of the naming Oh, the I like the idea that it's like um, maybe in this moment it would take a miracle for Poppy to get out, but also like in the broader scheme of things, it would take a miracle for Tora to get out and for Poppy and Tora to be together. Mm -hmm. That's great. And, and this is another one of those things that Lily brings it out. She's brought it out several times because you saw it in the first like couple episodes Club Miracle was where Vincent had his 60th birthday party. And then you see that like dirt bag talking about, I can't wait to get to Club Miracle to see Candy Baby. And then you see 
Candy Baby, you know, I think in this episode is where you see Candy Baby again. So I feel like that is another one of those things that, you know, Lily keeps talking about Club Miracle. So it must mean something. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because um, Air Street, I mean, this whole part of town is not the most well kept, um, but the Baltimore um, organization is known for being like really high class and um, like well respected, but also like on the down low is super shady, right? So it's interesting that um, it looks so dirty. <laughs> like it's it's supposed to be this clan organization, but they don't really care to keep it well kept or try to have that illusion of, um, I don't know, high class or something. But maybe just because it's in the neighborhood, they don't, they know that they don't need to necessarily keep it um, super well kept. Or maybe because it is so dirty, it's showing that like, with the Baltimore crest there, it shows like that, that organization is so dirty, is so shady. Mm-hmm. I, I think I could see that because I think the when you saw Poppy Google the Baltimore clan, like you see the like the like bougie side of it where it's like we're a really like fancy business that has all these different holdings. And then you see this. So like that, the, what, what Poppy Googled, that's what they show for everyone. Like that's, you know, cause, cause mafias tend to have like, like there's nothing illegal about owning a business about owning a strip club or whatever kind of club there's, And they might have all kinds of different things. They might have like, dry cleaners and restaurants and whatever. So like legitimate like things that civilians experience. And then you have this, that this is almost kind of like, um, like a perk for their people. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you're part of the clan. So like, this is kind of like our break room or like our clubhouse. And that's why it's not as nice. It's because like, if you're here, you know what we're about and you're not looking at what our Google page says. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it also shows the disdain with which they treat their own clan members. You know, to the rest of the world, they try to present a presentable front. But then once it comes to their own people, they don't care. Like, they can have the garbage. They can have the dirt. Like, they don't need it. They're nothing special. And you see this from the way they treat mm-hmm. their, they, you know, people are expendable. Lower lower clan members are, you know, they can just get killed at any moment. Their lives are totally worthless. Yeah, and I'm, the graffiti, I think, is curious here also, like, on the left side, it just looks like a name or some letters or something. That's not anything unusual. But on the right side is a handprint. Hmm. I don't know what that means. It's just an interesting choice. Maybe it's kind of like a stop sign, you know, stop. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I'll have to know. So now the cabbie is driving away. He's like, oh, what a night. I need to tell Gina what happened, which is sweet. You know, he's He's very connected with his wife. He re- immediately wants to talk to her. And he starts talk- texting her. He says, hey, wifey, you'll never guess what. And then he's like, wait, he doesn't feel, he doesn't feel right. He says, this doesn't feel good. He pauses. And then he continues, he sends a message and he sends, presses send. And we don't know who he sent it to. We don't know what he sent. But the next panel, next, you know, shows us Torah. Now, it doesn't show us horror right away. This is, again, Lily's masterful, if you're going to talk about, like, you know, Saucy Tuggles and her, her focus on cinematography. First, you see his his right arm on a, on a push-up bar. And I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's some kind of dip. I think it's a dip bar. And dip then, bar, yeah, yeah I, know. I, I, used to, I used to actually work out on, back in the days when I used to work out, so I used to use this sometimes. 
And then you see the more of his arm with his tattoos and his bulging muscles and he's wearing a tank top. And then you see more of him, like it pans out more to like his whole chest and a bit of his face and it's dripping and his, his left arm as well. And he's just, you know, there's, uh, there's wind streaks for rapid motion. He's going up and down on this, this dip bar really fast. So he's super strong, like we knew already. <laughs> and his feet, you know, you see his sneakers, his feet are shot in sneakers. Something I thought was an interesting detail was if you look at his tattoos, um, they stop like about three quarters up the way of his forearm. And and I actually lo- looked this up to make sure that I wasn't imagining it. But most people who have full sleeve tattoos like that, they go all the way to that little like nubby wrist bone. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that he chose to stop them so far up and Um, You know, I've mentioned before that my husband and I are both in the military um, and something in the military is that one of the rules is that when you have your dress uniform on, if you stick your arms straight out in front of you, you cannot show tattoos and you cannot show them like on your neck and things like that. Um, And so I know several people in the military, like myself included, I have a tattoo on my wrist that I purposely placed back behind that bone to keep with the rule. And I noticed that Tor does wear a lot. He does push his sleeves up quite a bit um, to that three quarters length. Like when you saw him at the black Swan and um, a lot of times like that, you see where he'll push his sleeves like either right at the tattoo point. Um, And you made the comment about, you know, Oh, why do you need to, to cover up your tattoos? You're not at work. And so I'm wondering if obviously he has the Baltimore cross that you can't, can't necessarily cover up, but I wonder if there's a reason why he's chosen to make it easier to hide his arm tattoos. Um, right, because it is more common for them to go all the way down. Yeah, I think he's maybe probably embarrassed. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Laura? I was just gonna say maybe if, like, like you said, yeah, the Baltimore crest on his neck is not something he can easily hide. But if someone doesn't know what that means. Um, he could hide his other tattoos and they wouldn't necessarily maybe be as judgmental towards him. It isn't really like people mm-hmm. judging him just by looking at him. Right. I think, um, I think he, he must've gotten them because they mean something to him. Maybe we'll discover, maybe we'll have episodes later where, where he'll tell Poppy, I'm hoping, you know, what they mean to him. But yeah, I think he got them because they mean something to him, but he doesn't want the whole world, like you said, to judge him. And uh, another thing you can see in um, this shot is he's wearing his the black bracelet on his left his left wrist. Yeah, little, which I didn't notice the first time through, but like after rereading several times, I'm like, oh, okay, it's important. Mm-hmm. Comes up mm-hmm. later. Yeah, and you know, then you see that his phone on next to him is buzzing. And again, his arms are sweating and you see the last panel, you just see him huffing and puffing, you know, his hair is dripping, slicking down his, and he has sweat dripping everywhere, like including off of his nose. So we kind of think maybe the taxi driver texts him. We don't know. Well, at this point, we don't know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Lily definitely 
hinted at it because that was the last thing we saw the taxi driver and then go straight to Tora. But could it be misdirection? <laughs> Which little is good at? Mm-hmm. She loves to do a nice little, she likes to do a, a bait and switch on us. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what do you guys think of this episode overall? Um, it made me so nervous. Sorry, Brianna. Okay. It just made me so nervous. Uh, I agree. I think- yeah. <laughs> Good. I think it shows a lot of Poppy. Like, I think it it really starts to put a spotlight on what Jacob said about something that's lurking beneath the surface. You know, because we this whole the last two episodes, you really see that she's a badass, and she is on a mission. She's gonna make it happen. And like, yeah, she is trying to like think smart and keep herself safe but she's also like no this, i'm gonna save him and that's what's gonna happen you know become hell or high water and so i think it really was a great like poppy centric episode totally right we learned a lot about her and for me like you know we discussed poppy at length already but the ending of this episode to me shows that it's a little sad that torah he probably enjoys working out, yes, but the main reason he works out is because he has to maintain this um, intimidating image and his strength so that he can continue to be like the bully and the, you know, the powerful arm of the clan for Vincent. So it's just sad, right? His life is not his own and what he does, something that he spends a significant amount of time on is just to continue this lifestyle that he, he hates. Mm-hmm. And I think that it it also kind of shows that he, I don't know what he thought was going to happen with Mr. Lamb, but he obviously wasn't expecting it to go south like this because he's, he's, if I think if he expected it to go south, he would have shown up. You know what I mean? It Like, even if he didn't like sh- show himself to Poppy, he would have at least been like kind of lurking back, like watching and not just like at home working out. Right. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, we do see, you know, we'll see a little bit later that, I think, you know, you're right. He doesn't expect something hard to be in danger. (laughs) Well, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much, Laura and Brianna, for coming on and sharing your insights. And this was fantastic. Yeah, it was really great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yep, thanks so much. Okay, I'll see you guys later. All right. Bye. Bye.